Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, shout out to the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics who knew the assignment last yep, night. Yep. Uh, Golden State and Portland fell. Jeez. Oh, is, is, I, I, I saw most of the... I saw most of the Warriors uh, Celtics game. I d- I did miss some rather important pieces, uh, <laughs> keeping an eye on Duke in in in, in North Carolina. But um, that was one Boston had to fight to 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 get back. Yeah, man. I mean, it, the 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 Warriors struggle on the road, but they showed up like yeah. the defending champions last night for that game. Great spot Thursday night. You know, national TV in Boston. That uh, was a that was a great. Uh, regular season game last night and what, what would they say it was it was 30 36 and 19 for, for Tatum 34 34 34 19 for better get that Tatum. man those extra three points man come Ooh, on now we that man's a problem he's a problem look when you guys gave him the strap yesterday I wasn't uh questioning it well, because of I, him he's a bad man I gave him the strap Jesse gave Jesse, Jesse gave it to stripped Giannis of his title and handed it like Eric Bischoff did to Triple H. <laughs> just handed him the big gold belt to 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 Nikola Jokic. And I kept the strap on on uh, Giannis for a change. Yeah, yeah for a change. But no, nah, I mean that was a good game last night. Yeah. Obviously, Boston did what they did. You know, go Celtics. six assists and three steals. By the way, for Tatum as well. Go Celtics. We were talking. I, w- I was having a conversation about like that. The, the kind of that fight factor. I, 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 I did the pop, popular term is dog. Mm. Is anyone on the who's got that on the Kings? Is that Malik? Malik. Do you think? Because the person I was talking to said this. Domas has that. in. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought. Oh, I, and, sure. and and does De'Aaron? I think. I think it's starting to show with De'Aaron. There was questions of it uh, leading up to this year. Mm-hmm. There were questions of it. I've seen it this year. I've seen that okay. he has it in him. Yeah, he. I, I'll, I'll give him that status. Matter of fact, yeah, he got that dog in him. Who's 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 uh, Malik? Obviously, has that dog. Yeah, yeah. Davion Who, got that dog. Who's the big dog in the yard? I'm the big dog here. <laughs> they all know. Day the rest, the rest of them young. He a young puppy, and the rest of them young puppies. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, the big dog, dog here. <laughs> um. This sounds this sounds crazy. It almost goes back to, it almost kind of goes back to our <laughs> Michael Parsons discussions about gotta let everybody know the alpha and all this other stuff. Mm. I think it's De'Aaron, and De'Aaron don't really say much. He doesn't really like like make this big proclamation that I'm the big dog, but mm-hmm. he the big dog. Look, what what do we always hear from um, 
from Sabonis. He and this is no knock on him. This doesn't this doesn't lessen him. But what's the quote that he said a number of different times? He said the other day. He said, "In the fourth quarter, I tell De'Aaron, where, where what you want from me? Where mm-hmm. you want me to go? Mm-hmm. You want me to come set a screen for you, or you want me to get out your way?" It it never had to be said mm-hmm. that hey, this is his time. Da 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 da. Sabonis knew. Mm-hmm. Sabonis said, "De'Aaron, what you what you want to do?" It's the big dog. You know what? <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this before, but the the, the Michael Parsons thing that, that that's a, that's a great analogy for for De'Aaron, and it's making me look at this a little bit differently. <laughs> but there's a uh, there's a term I hate, and I always look at people sideways when they do it. LeBron does it virtually every time he talks. Oh, when and I always like when dudes are doing interviews, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, and t- and tell me if I'm reading too much into this because I might be, mm-hmm. but when guys are like, yeah, you know my team, you know my team really backed me up on this. My team, my team stepped, you know my team really, you know I I, I wasn't hitting my shots and my team did this and my team did that mm-hmm. and, and and my team really, I is that is that extra like my team, like this is this is my team, and I and I feel like there are guys who. I think Devin Booker comes to mind mm. who wants you to know this is this is my team cuz they're they're not saying it in the reference of no see, it's my team like see, this is my team here at ESPN that's how 1320. I hear it. No, that's not that's not how I hear it. Mm. I hear it as Hammer's here. <laughs> I I hear it as that pales in comparison to Matt George's interest yesterday <laughs> by the way. Um I hear it as no no this I'm the guy this is my team. Mm. Am I doing? Am I doing too I, much? See, I, I would say you are doing too much. Okay. I don't hear that. Okay, I hear that's how I hear it. My team. Okay, but yeah, I mean that doesn't mean I'm right or like they could be. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. Booker? Though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my All guy. Right. But see, you know what? Even with that, I don't have a huge problem with that. In a lot of cases, because and I think De'Aaron fits into this one. Because when something goes wrong, they're not going to be looking at. The team, they're going to be looking at you, LeBron, you, Devin, you, De'Aaron. You get, you get all the responsibility and the blame. So if, you, yeah, my team, this is my team, because I got to shoulder all this stuff. Michael Bridges doesn't shoulder it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pat Bev doesn't shoulder it. Uh, Chemezi Metu doesn't shoulder it. Those Pat Bev busy making out with the ball before the game oh, starts. Man, they got to stop that, man. They got to they got to put a put an end to that. But you know, I that's the way that's that's how I kind of look at those. I give those guys a little bit of leeway to even if they are speaking about it in the terms that you are, they get that leeway because they've got all the pressure on them. So let's let's say what it is. You're right. It is it is your team. Okay. Because it's your team when things go bad. <laughs> it's not everybody when things that's go true. good. No, that's true. That's that's true. That's fair. Uh, we welcome in thirteen twenty Kings Insider James Ham hanging out with us for today. Hey. What's up, Hammer? Hi, friends. How are you, man? I'm good. Domas going tonight or no? Uh, it sure does look like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, you said does look like it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. He, okay. Delavadova, and Alex Lynn were all at practice. They're all running up and down oh. the court. They're oh, okay. a, a, we forgot a, a shoot around. <laughs> no, I, I got him. I got I Alex Lynn. Yeah. Okay. Alex I got Alex Lynn. Terrence Davis, who is not on the injury list, was not there, and it sounds like he's sick now. 
Yeah, so, it, it, I think your I think your partner on the Kings beat uh, threw that out there earlier. Yeah, it, it's it's going around. It seems like uh, yeah, these guys are uh, fighting what everyone else is fighting out there. Mm-hmm. Just the little flu bug, the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've got they've got the good medicine that gets you going real quick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we don't get that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that—that that would be yeah, good news. I good. mean, because we yeah. talked about um, how interesting and how big of a game this is uh, today. You know, I mean, it's game forty-three or something like that. But you know, you got two teams that are playing really well, um, two young up-and-coming teams, and they're going to be OKC. They're going to bring some heat, and it's going to be a good test and good challenge for the Kings to see kind of where they're at. Are they really playing well just in general or have they been playing against bad teams and feasting like they're supposed to? Nothing to apologize for there. But it's going to be a good test and a step up in competition for the Kings tonight. Yeah, I think this is, you know, you're always looking at the the standings and looking at teams and you think, oh, they're not that good because their record's 22 and 23. It's really not the case. When you look at teams, you have to look at, like, the small window of what they're they're doing right then. Mm -hmm. And this is a team that has – the Deer and Fox talked about it. They're long, they're athletic, they're physical, they play really good defense for a young team, and they've got a star, you know, in yeah. Shea. And they've got, like, a really, really nice secondary piece in Josh Kitty. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've been a Josh Kitty fan for a long time. Um, and Leading the I, team in rebounding. Yeah. Eight yeah. per game. Problem. He yeah. is a problem. Yeah. No, I, I mean, he's just a really, really good player, and that's the problem that you have. I mean... But, you know, if you look at the, the Kings' last five wins versus OKC's last five wins, I mean, OKC's beat Philadelphia, they beat the Bulls, they beat the Nets, they beat the Pacers. Um, that's pretty impressive. I, I, I also, since you're, you're here with us for a while today, I mean, we still got three hours. We're going to talk 49er football. I know yeah. you're a 49er fan as yeah. well. So we're going to do that. Yeah. Right, I did, just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to be positive today. <laughs> the Kings have won five straight. We've got what I think is going to be a phenomenal game at the Golden One Center yeah. uh, tonight. I, yeah. you, you are going to be positive today. That's fine. I, okay. Like, I, right. I just like to be realistic. Like, no, uh, no positive, we're, throwing, we're throwing realism. We're, 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 we're throwing we, all we, of these. We talk about the number three team in the West. Uh, you know, we're also we talked about this before. Like, what were they going to do over the nine game stretch? And right now, this is that moment where seven and two versus six and three. And mm-hmm. man, they get to seven and two on that stretch. You took care of business. You did mm-hmm. exactly what you had to do. And six and three is still really good. Mm-hmm. So, like, and it, it, how much? Are, how much is tomorrow's game? Like, when you when you talk about that, how much is tomorrow's game? Like, in the back of your head, knowing you you got Oklahoma City tonight. It's the first night. You got a back to back, and it's Philadelphia. Well, that and you got Memphis on the on Monday in the third game. Who's, it appears is never losing again. Yeah, that's the third game in four nights. Although mm-hmm. Memphis will be coming off a back to back. So yeah, Do you know who they have Sunday. Um, you know what? I don't. Uh, Sorry, right. we can pull it up. Uh, yeah, fine. I got it too. I, I I can look really quick, but yeah, I mean, you got to take care of business at home. Um, this team somehow has the best road record in the Western Conference, or they did as of that's crazy. Uh, as a Wednesday that's night. Nice. Um, yeah, they're the only team that I I could see that was two games over five hundred in the West. Still, the still road. are. Yep, still uh, are. Denver and Memphis are both eleven and ten. Yeah, that's just absolutely crazy to think that the Kings have the best road record. And that they don't have the best home record because this home crowd has been crazy. I mean, well, those home records are ridiculous right now. It's like twenty-one and three for 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 Denver and, and Memphis right now. Yeah, but that's what the Kings used to be like at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, they used to make like they used to be able to dominate at home, 
And so if you want to be that team, the next step, the next logical step for this team is to take care of home court like that, to be a team that, you know, that's that many games over. I was talking to my son yesterday about this and like, if the Kings went out, like, do we have this conversation? If the Kings went out right now, uh, they would finish with twice as many wins as the, the Golden State, twice as many losses as the Golden State Warriors team that went 73 and nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Is that crazy to think about? <laughs> if they win nuts. every game from here on out, they would still have twice as many losses as the, the Warriors did that one season. That's a trip. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Phoenix and Memphis uh, on Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, Phoenix with a win last night over over Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn didn't understand the assignment. Brooklyn is just bad Brooklyn. By them. They're lost. W- well, Brooklyn, Brooklyn and Indiana are in really bad shape yeah. with their with their with their two top guys. Brooklyn, out. like Robin Thicke, lost without you. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. no good. It's no good. They, yeah. ha- they. I think I read they had the worst offensive efficiency in the league since Ooh. Kevin Durant went out. Um, and I know Brooklyn hasn't won a game since KD went out. Has Indiana won a game since Tyrese went out? I don't think so. Because I know, I know they've lost five straight, but I don't know yeah. if, if, if the math computes. I know uh, Tyrese made his, his daily appearance on the J.J. Reddick podcast. He was on again? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and oh, yeah. They, he's, he's, he, he said uh, – he said uh, he, he's hoping to be back at the very start of February. I hope so. Yeah, Tyrese went out in the Charlotte game, I believe, and that is uh, the last game that they won. Mm. I think uh, – did so. they play the Knicks after that? Because I think he got hurt in the Knicks game. Um. Oh, you're right. He did play – that. he played in the Knicks game. They lost mm. the Knicks game. Uh, he played 27 minutes in that game. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, to your, to your point, I mean – yeah. Uh, the, these guys with one of their stars going down, it's, it's been a death blow. So yeah, far. I mean, you're still looking at, like, how many games is Indiana going to play in the next 12, 14 days at best? Mm-hmm. And yeah. where are they? Because mm-hmm. they've, again, five straight losses for them is they were five games over 500 or close to it. Mm-hmm. Now they're, you know, they're back in the 500 range and they're 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 slipping. they got to kind of figure out a way to fix things. Brooklyn was – Brooklyn was the hottest team in the league, yeah. and then KD goes out, and I now all of a got, sudden got up to as far as number two in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they had one at one point. Was it twelve straight? Twelve straight. Yeah. No. Yeah. So Indiana before February first has Denver at Denver at Phoenix uh, at home against the Bulls at Orlando against the Bucks and at uh, Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. So what? Maybe, maybe two games that they could they could potentially win in that group yeah yeah it's tough yeah you're gonna have to have somebody step up there and get some things done yeah yeah uh philly knew the assignment as well philly beat portland good job uh, we're watching standings every day James. <laughs> every Who single day for? we're watching every day uh we're picking teams to root for and last night it was easy because i think it was all yeah, east all versus east. west yep. so that's yep. those are those are those are easy but we're also of the of the mindset if Denver and Memphis are playing somebody, they might as well be Eastern Conference teams yeah, too, because we're gonna we're gonna root for them every time. They're so far ahead. Just beat up the Portlands and the and and and, and the Phoenixes and the LAs. You can beat up both LAs if you want to. Yeah, do uh, what you do. If someone wants to knock around Dallas for a couple of weeks, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take that. But those mm-hmm. are the teams we're always rooting against. We, we got we got some situations tonight too. Okay. Are we doing who he root for right now? Well, we we could hit the pause button on who he root for. Like, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll tuck that away uh, later. James Ham's going to hang out with us uh, all day. Trista Crick's going to be with us at the top of the two o'clock hour. We've got a 
massive uh, divisional matchup this week between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, We'll talk about that when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader. Stilo KC, James Hamm here on ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and Casey continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. And the divisional matchup everybody's been waiting for. We walked in the building on Tuesday. First, what, three, four calls we got. 916-909-1320. Mm-hmm. 49er fan, Cowboy fan, 49er fan, Cowboy fan. This rivalry resonates Mm -hmm. with, I think it resonates with football fans in general because if you're not a Cowboy fan, you hate the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're not a 49er fan, you're just rooting against the Dallas Cowboys. So this is is the main event Mm -hmm. this weekend. The Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, well let's go back, you know, because I want to talk about this weekend. But let's go back into why it is. I mean, think about what happened in the 90s. Just think about what happened. NFC Championship game, Cowboys 49ers. NFC Championship game, Cowboys 49ers. NFC Championship game, Cowboys 49ers. When, when did that happen? When does that happen in recent memory? Yeah. <laughs> like, that. that was – the stranglehold that they had on the NFL for three years, and that's, you know, a lot of people like us, that's that's when we were introduced to the game. You know, that's when we were introduced. I remember it coincided with Fox uh, getting the, the, the NFL and, and the transition that that had for, for viewing. Pat Summerall, uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden. Madden. You know, so, you know, that's something that we talk about a certain nostalgia factor. 
That's what Cowboys 49ers has. And now they're creating their own little situation because they're going to have back-to-back times in the playoffs now with, with this game on, uh, on Sunday. And I don't think it ends there. I think these two teams see each other a couple more times in the playoffs over the next few years. And I can't wait for it. I'll tell you this, but this one here, this one here at Levi's in the divisional round, oh, I'm charged up. I'm charged up for it. I'm ready to go. I asked you a question the other day. I said, what does a Cowboys win look like? Mm-hmm. I'll ask both of you guys a question right now. What does a 49ers win look like to you? James, you want to take that one first? Yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I don't think that the Cowboys can deal with the 49ers front seven. I don't think they can. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't look at this game as like a – I mean, it's a huge matchup and it's a marquee matchup and it should be a lot of fun. But at the same time, they're not the same quality of team. And, you know, they've got a long way to go still. That doesn't mean they can't beat the 49ers. Like, anyone can beat anyone on any given Sunday. But mm-hmm. uh, when it really comes down to it, like, if I'm picking it, I would pick the Niners, like, 10 out of 10 times in the mm-hmm. steal. Uh, just because, again, that front seven of the 49ers is absolutely nasty. And if you look at their defense, it really is centered around uh, Parsons. And he's great. Mm-hmm. But he's got to go up against Trent Williams. And so you can neutralize him with the greatest left tackle in the game and at least slow him down. And the Niners have so many weapons. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what, you know, Kenny, you, you, you brought that up yesterday. I was looking at some stuff from Michael Parsons this morning. They'll move him around. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that they're going to line him up. And I don't know how San Francisco is going to – I'm assuming San Francisco is going in to this weekend thinking – they're not going to line Parsons up across the best football player in the uh, NFL. How do you, I'm they're not, not going to do it. that. <laughs> that that because it does exactly what James says. Yeah. It neutralizes yeah. your biggest defensive weapon. Yeah, and I don't think they want to do that. And, and the the thing about that though, because I agree with you, is now it feels like you, you know your great pass rushers, even even ninety seven uh, handles this way. They're on the defense's right side, the offensive left side for a right-handed quarterback, and they can't see him coming when they're rushing, right? They come, well, how, we, how many times do we see, you know, they're, they're, they're rushing the passer, they don't see him, they knock him, you know, strip sack him and all this other stuff. That's why they're, line, that's why they're always all lined up on that left side of the offense. Now, if you move him around, yes, you get him off of Trent Williams, but you just take a little bit off of what may make him dynamic. Because now Brock Purdy sees him, say, on, on the right side of the offense. He can see him. Like, oh, there's Mike Parsons. Uh, let's move the protection this way, or I'm going to go this way, or I know you know, I can see him coming. I can slide step out and you know, give him a little, eh, you know, I can do that. Well, Michael Parsons there on the right side. I see him. I see him when he's rushing. He's in my line of view. And I'm not saying he still can't be effective when doing that, but that's just the little difference as opposed to coming from his blind side. And, and getting, you know, a strip sack or, or sacking him when he doesn't see him uh, in his peripheral. Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at this team, you know, again, I really like Tony Pollard. Uh, is that it's Tony, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I like him as a change of pace back. I actually think he should be running the ball a whole bunch. Um, I think, you know, I, I like CeeDee Lamb, but CeeDee Lamb to me is in the same ballpark as Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is like the fifth best offensive player the 49ers have. And CeeDee Lamb is probably their best offensive weapon, and that's a problem. So not only are you outmatched on the defensive line, but you literally, like, what are they going to do against Kittle? What are they going to do against Debo? What are they going to do against Christian McCaffrey? 
I mean, the the 49ers attack is so deep. And you can say, well, they've got Brock Purdy, who's inexperienced, and it's like, well, I'd almost I would take inexperienced Brock Purdy over the Cowboys quarterback almost any day of the week. I mean, because he's proven that he well, no, because I think Dak has proven that he can't be there. That that he's not good enough to to get you over the hump. Mm. I, historically, like what has he Dak, done? Dak's still a relatively young quarterback. He's like, he's okay, but he I would rather have a guy that's a bit of an unknown versus a guy that has just proven that he isn't the guy to get you over the hump. You know, hmm. the Cowboys put their eggs in baskets, and I and I often think that they're just the wrong people to put the, their eggs in. So uh, uh, to in an attempt to answer Kenny's question, you think dirty up Dak Prescott is one of the you get that front seven? Oh yeah, take it, just, dirty up Dak Prescott, and the Cowboys can't. Yeah, because no even if you get past, you know, like the the defensive line is going to put a ton of pressure on him. But how do you even run the ball against the Forty Niners three linebackers? So their linebackers are just nasty. Yeah. I mean, and, and then their safety is just incredible. I mean, like you have all of these elements that make you an elite defense, and I don't know that he's elite. So when I look at, like, Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a lot scarier than Dallas. I mean, Philadelphia has four guys on the defensive line with 10 or more sacks. They've got two really, really good— That's an insane stat. That is great. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, so they've got two wide receivers that are absolute studs, one that's, like, super mobile in in Javonta Smith, and then you've got— Devonta Smith. And then you've got A.J. Brown, Brown, who's just an absolute workhorse. I mean, that guy is a monster. Mm -hmm. And so that team, and even their tight ends stud, like you start looking at that Philadelphia team, they're scary. And I think everyone in the league has overlooked them all season long. That is a very, very good football team who lost their quarterback late in the season and, and lost a couple of games. So uh, you know, maybe they're not getting sort of the luster. It looked a had. little weird headed mm-hmm. into the postseason, mm-hmm. is I think what happened with Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, but Hurt will be fine. Oh, I've got, I, no, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, I, 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 I need to see it. I yeah, if, it. that's that, I and I would have need, I would have needed to see it no matter what, because mm-hmm. this is this is his first big moment, and we've seen. I know. I, I, I use the Lamar Jackson example a lot. Yeah. We, we've seen it with Lamar Jackson. We, we, we've seen it with a number of other quarterbacks get into that moment for the first time and s- s- whether the whether a, a pace of a playoff game is different mm-hmm. whether the game plan and playoff games are different like, w- whatever it is and now now you've got the dreaded th- third matchup mm-hmm. you know you've got a very familiar opponent coming in who's just got uh 120 minutes of game film just with against you right. uh, that you can go over the, you know and and that's that's going to be something they have to deal with Another thing about this 49ers-Cowboys matchup, thinking about it from the Cowboys' perspective right now, is they have to, and this is the conundrum. You talked about it, James. They have to establish the run because with a a great defensive line like the 49ers, you can't put them in a situation, if if you're the Cowboys, you can't put the 49ers' defensive line in a situation where they have nothing to worry about but rushing the passer. Because then they're going to eat you alive. Yeah. So you have to be able to establish the run where they say, "Hey, we got to defend against the run. We can't just you know pin our ears back and go after the quarterback because there might be a draw. They've been gashing us for five, six yards of play, and and, and we got to worry about that. If you get into a situation where you're only getting two, three yards per carry, and the 49ers defense knows that, and you just abandon the run and say, you know what, it's not happening today. We're going to pass." 
That's when they get you. That's when they start breaking you down as the game goes along. So somehow, some way, and here's another reason why I think the Niners are going to win this game, because I don't think the Cowboys can execute this. They've got to establish the run. I don't think they can. We talked about it before the Seattle game where uh, they were the, the Raiders game, right? And I said the, the announcers were going crazy. Josh Jacobs is he's having a performance that nobody's had against this 49ers defense all year long. He's really rushing well here as we get to the two-minute warning here in the fourth quarter. He's got 68 yards rushing. <laughs> like People were going crazy over him. The man had 60-something yards rushing at the time. But what was the score of that game, though? It was in the high 30s, right? So, but 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 but, but what I mean is, it, it they're glo- they're 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 glowing over uh, Josh Jacobs. It, that's what kept the Raiders in the game. It did, but it wasn't enough. No, because, it wasn't because and and not just the score that they won or whatever. They he couldn't establish it enough where the Raiders could hold on to what they were doing. They eventually had to start passing, and what they what happened. They got to him. <laughs> they got to him twice. They got to him in the fourth for a pick, and then Nick Bosa in overtime got to him. Like, if you can't – like, the the answer to that would have been Josh Jacobs needs to have probably 98 yards rushing, and in that overtime and in the fourth quarter, they need to be feeding Josh Jacobs because the Niners can't stop him. They couldn't do that. They had to have Stidham drop back and pass. The defensive line start pinning their ears back, and they eventually got to him. That's the whole point of all this. If you can't keep them off balance with the run – they will get to you eventually. They got the Geno. And you don't think Pollard can do that? Uh, my answer would be no. I don't I think, think so. I think Pollard can. You know who I think can't? Zeke. Yeah. But here's the Mike McCarthy. Oh, I don't think Mike McCarthy. McCarthy would be that patient. Well, I think I mean, and that's that's the whole thing with with Dak. This is kind of what we talk about with the Raiders and the league in general. Nobody outside of Kyle Shanahan is really patient enough to stay with the run. They always feel like they got to throw. And you got a $40 million quarterback back there, $40 million a year quarterback. You didn't pay him $40 million to hand it off. You better let him get his 25 to 30 passing attempts. You ain't even handing it off to the guy you gave $20 million to. You're handing it off to the <laughs> right. guy who makes $100,000. Right. Yeah. But And that's where I disagree. I don't think they can do it against this defense. It's too fast. It's too fast. The way that you beat this defense is, is straight up the middle. Tony Pollard is more of a explosive on the on the on the edges on the boundary type runner. Linebacking core is too fast for that. I think it's a bad. I, at the end of the day, the more I've thought about this, it's not the best matchup for the Cowboys. No, I mean, and that's the Niners have given up yards here and there, but that was without Armstead. And now mm-hmm. you're getting healthy at the perfect time. I mean, we talk about a team that, that's a good note right there. You think it's like yeah. the it's one of the most healthy teams that you've ever seen, except for the fact that they've lost their starting quarterback and their backup quarterback. Their uh, techni- yeah, quarterback. yeah, technicalities. Yeah, those are technicalities. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a just at least a, for Kyle Shanahan, those really, really deep team. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Niners are really deep. Even the defensive line, they just keep throwing guys out there. You're like. Man, where'd that guy come from? And Ken Law's healthy, and and you know, like Willis has been impactful, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know they keep producing these incredible defensive front line players, which it's easier when you have Bosa, because right. so much attention goes to him, and teams are double teaming him or they're they're scheming to slow him, mm-hmm. and it opens things up for the other guys. If they can get Armstead to really like be fresh and step up and and have like a major impact, I, I don't think that they're they're beatable. At least not in the NFC. So we've 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 mentioned Bosa, Parsons, uh, um, uh, 
a variety of different players here. Who's the most important player in this game for the San Francisco 49ers? Christian McCaffrey. Slash Debo. No. No, right, Christian McCaffrey. Because no. if the Cowboys can't stop the run, they have no shot. I think it's Brock Purdy. Why is it? Okay, I, 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 I want you to elaborate. Why do you think it's Brock Purdy? Because he, he just can't make the mistake that costs you the game. See, and, that, and, that's, and that's, that's the thing that's keeping me away from saying the most important player for the San Francisco 49ers is Brock Purdy because I don't think he's going to. And the reason I don't, I don't think, think so he, I don't think he's going to is because I don't think Kyle's going to put him in a position to where Brock Purdy's mistakes cost the San Francisco 49ers the game. Mm. Kyle, but you're not dynamic if you don't. If you don't let him be himself, then it takes away Kittle. It takes away Debo. It takes away Ayuk. But I'd argue him making mistakes isn't himself. Yeah. Him making mistakes would be either either the Cowboys get to him mm-hmm. or he's getting caught up in the moment, which is no no one's going to fault him for that. He wasn't even playing 10 weeks ago. Yeah. And now he's playing in the divisional matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. But I, I, I think Kyle will find a way to, okay, hey, all right, kid, calm down. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And you have been you have been adamant all week that everything the 49ers do should be built around the run game. Everything should be, and it is. If you can't that's that and Christian McCaffrey is the running back, so that's why I put the focal point on him. But it's the running game, right? If Christian McCaffrey runs for one nineteen like he did last week, Cowboys are losing and it's it's not really even gonna be close. Because that what you just talked about is what happened in the wild card game. Brock Purdy was a little shaky, you know, had some nerves, understandably so. And what they do coming out of the out of the half? Next nine of the next ten plays were run plays. They ran it down the throat of the Seahawks, got control of that game. That settled the game down. It settled Brock down because then Brock start. Brock had and by two the way, completions in the second half. How many times have we seen that exact same strategy with Jimmy Garoppolo under center? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where Jimmy looks a certain way at a certain time of the game, and 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 Kyle goes, "All right, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to go in a different direction." Yeah. Settle, get get the game in our place, and then we'll get Jimmy Garoppolo going. And the, and the difference between Kyle Shanahan and other coaches, because I think a lot of people say, oh, establish the run, establish the run. Kyle is committed to establishing the run. Like, you're, he's not what we always talk about in, in the NBA, like, don't overreact to – if your strategy is uh, we're going to make this team shoot threes, don't overreact when they hit four out of six to start the game. Like, you stay committed to the game plan. Kyle doesn't overreact to a drive where they didn't run the ball well or two drives. He's going to continue to run the football. He's going to get to you at some point. That's his mentality. And that's it. them running the ball, it just sets up everything. Because now he gets deadly in the play action and he gets deadly in the misdirection. You get Debo involved. And this is when, like I said earlier in the week, this is when Micah Parsons' head's going to be spinning. This is when those linebackers' heads are going to be spinning because they don't know where the ball's coming. They don't know what the, the, the direction of the pass, all this other stuff. The run game, Christian McCaffrey, is the single most important thing because if he's going, the Cowboys, I'll say it, I'll say it, I don't believe they have a shot if Christian McCaffrey is cooking like he was last weekend. Yeah, but then I'll even point this out. If he's not cooking – you can bring in Elijah Mitchell and give yourself a totally oh, different look. Man. You can go to Devo around the corner. You can even give Ayuk a couple of runs around the corner. Yeah. 
you know, you have so many different ways just in the in the run game mm-hmm. to beat somebody, and that's what makes that the Niners are like it's one of the more advanced teams you've ever seen. And when you added McCaffrey to it, it just changed everything. It's next level. Yeah, mm-hmm. it made them like the most dangerous team in the league. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't even like I think Mahomes is still the most dangerous player in the league, but the Niners beat between their defense and between all of these weapons on the offensive end really does make them incredibly dangerous. Uh, let me ask both of you guys a question real quick. You think the Cowboys are getting a little too much hype right now, number one, because they're the Cowboys, but also after uh, beating the Bucks on Monday Night Football? I mean, we, we, act, no. we, we act like the Bucks. well, we don't, but people act like the, the, the Bucks. The Bucks weren't very good. No. no. And, and there was a, twin, a, a tinge of doubt because people were – the, the reason there was a tinge of doubt was Brady, and even though the narrative has changed over the last you know five days, six, seven days, whatever it is, that are, 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 are the Cowboys going to blow this? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about how, cow, how good the Cowboys are? No, you were questioning whether they were going to blow it with a team that won the worst division in the league this year. Um, but to answer your question, no, I don't, I don't think they're, they're being overhyped. I do think this team is very good. Um, I don't want to minimize Philadelphia, but I think Dallas is the second best team in, in, in the NFC. You've said it all week. I think the winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's one reason, though. There's one reason that just keeps giving me pause with, with the Dallas Cowboys. And you know why I'm big into this. We've talked about this for two and a half years now. I absolutely believe the San Francisco 49ers are better. More talented, as James said, this team is deeper. It's probably the deepest team in the league. But there's a mental aspect to professional sports that I just refuse to overlook. This Dallas Cowboys team was humiliated last year. And I don't care what happened at the end with Dak and Mike McCarthy and how close the game was with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball over the field. Everyone who watched that game from beginning to end saw that the Dallas Cowboys took their home field, scared to death. For whatever reason, Mm -hmm. that team was shook by the San Francisco. You saw it in the play calling. You saw it in the plays. You saw it in the entire first half, and the only thing that shook it was Jimmy Garoppolo opening the door for him. That's the part I can't get over. Dak said it. It's eye-rolling when teams do this, especially when you do it after the fact. But he said they wanted San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe it. And I don't think this dates back to the to the to the wild card matchups last week. I think this goes back five, six, seven weeks ago, where they saw where they were, they saw where the 49ers were, and they knew we have to shake what we did last year. We have to get over what we did last year. That's a small component of the game. A very small component of the game. But for me, that's the first component of the game. Mm-hmm. You'll see it in their eyes. If they take the field looking like they looked last year with, with, with Debo coming out with a bump box and, 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 and the whole team grooving out of the locker room and the Dallas Cowboys just walking out like, oh, oh God, what's going on here? Game's over. But that's the first aspect, and that's just the one, that's the one thing about this game that I can't shake. The, the other thing, I think, I think higher of Dak Prescott than both of you do. And I know this wasn't Dak's finest finest year, and I don't believe Dak is on that Kenny Carraway, Russell Wilson decline. Uh, 
but I think he's a better quarterback than we saw most of this year. I think he's a quarterback closer to what we saw against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than what we saw at any point this season. I think Dak can replicate that performance that he had last week. But I don't know if a single aspect of the Dallas Cowboys offense will be enough. Well, here's here's the thing, though. What you're worried about with um... – you know, somebody looking at, you know, Debo and those guys are ready and the Cowboys looking at like, I can guarantee you that's not going to be the case. The Cowboys are going to have all the bravado in the world yeah. that, oh, that's not going to happen this year. It's not. And, it, and to a certain degree, they're going to be too caught up in what happened last time they played. They're going to be too caught up in that. And I, we talked about it earlier, earlier in the week. Cowboys are like, no, we ain't the, we ain't the punks no more. We, we ready for this. Niners are like, this is. It's what we do. This is what we do. I don't think the Cowboys are ready to beat the team like the 49ers yet. And that's where mm. I say this thing is, is could be a couple years down the road. I don't I think, think I disagree with that. I don't think they're ready to. That doesn't mean okay. they can't. Obviously, they can. But I don't think emotionally they're ready to, to, to beat a team like the 49ers. I, and then personnel-wise, I just don't think they're physical enough. Per, per, Personnel-wise, I have far greater concerns about their, their their personnel, which I think the team is loaded, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think the Dallas Cowboys are loaded. I think they're but, loaded in certain aspects. They've got a good quarterback, got a good running game. They've got one good receiver. Their offensive line is cool. Their defensive line is cool. After that, they're not loaded no more. You got linebackers, you got your whole secondary that are playmakers, but they're not really physical. Like I could see Brandon Ayuk just trucking uh, Tavon Diggs all day long in the in a blocking game. No, I, in a blocking I, game, I don't think so. You don't want to. You don't want to tackle. You don't want to tackle. How are you gonna beat the quarter? How are you gonna beat the 49ers when you got guys on that defense that don't want to tackle? Kyle will find you and he will run right at you. That's what I mean when I say they're not ready personnel wise to beat the 49ers, in my opinion. I don't know if they're ready or not. Um, all We're going to have to wait and see how they come out and if they're, you know, in the moment, if they're ready, you know, because you never know. A team can come out and just absolutely thump you when you didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will, like, I, I just keep going back to the fact that the 49ers, like, they don't have one player or two players on defense. They have, like, 11 or 12, you know, and they don't have – one or two guys on the offensive side of the ball that can hurt you. They've just got so many weapons. And the only team to me in, in the NFC that's even close is Philadelphia. And so, uh, like, Dak Prescott, he has not had great success, like, in the playoffs. He's not been a guy. He's 29 years old. He's not a young quarterback. And he's got – he's 2-5. and five. Yeah, 29 is well, – He's 2-3 and three for his career in the playoffs, and one of those wins came last week. So, basically – in his entire career, which is like eight seasons, seven seasons, he's got one more win than Brock Purdy. And, you know, that's it. So I, I have more faith in the the team that's built around where it won't come down to one player. And I think with Dallas, it might come down to one player, whether he, he's able to step up and make the plays. And I don't think that that's a problem the 49ers have. Mm. So maybe I'm wrong, uh, you know, I, but the 49ers are physical They've got the the linebacking core is just amazing. I mean, Nin- those guys. Uh, the defense, the whole defense is incredible. Niners yeah. won 34 24. I say th- 
31 21 i think that was my prediction oh, look at your little 10 point wins aren't you too cute <laughs> uh we'll come back to, we'll, we'll 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 talk more football we'll look at the other divisional rounds we'll get back into the kings james ham is here trista crick top of the hour here on sacramento sports leader espn 1320 d-low and kc continues streaming live on the odyssey app that's good stuff. Trista Crick going to join us uh, here at the top of the 2 o'clock hour. we got Bet MGM tonight coming up uh, following the show at 4 o'clock. Just a quick look at these pro football focus rankings. They're all so close. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the fifth-ranked overall team in the Dallas Cowboys versus the third overall-ranked team in, in the San Francisco 49ers. The big discrepancy is it's the 13th-ranked defense versus the third, uh, the nine-ranked offense versus the fifth, um, Who's the night? The Cowboys are the fifth ranked offense. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers oh, okay. are the are the are the power rank uh, fifth offense. This is again the pro football focus stats. PFF. This is this is the nerdy Will Z stuff. This is, Will Z would love this stuff over on uh, Pro Football Focus. PFF don't match my eyes sometimes. PFF <laughs> is really. It's just really in depth, and sometimes okay, like what does this stat mean, and like how? Because because of what you just said, it doesn't match. I remember I talked to one of their reps one time about getting like their media pack. Joe <laughs> was like five thousand dollars a month. I was like, buddy, oh, like I'm good. I barely understand the stats you put up on 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 the twenty dollar page. Much less the five thousand dollar a month page. I, I barely understand the tweets you make. <laughs> right? We do have breaking news. Oh, uh, Demonis Sabonis, Alex Len, and Matthew Delavadova will all be available this evening. There we go. There Terrence we go. Davis will not. Oh, so. okay. TD get well soon. Yeah. It, 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 Terrence Davis DMP CD uh, last week, in, in, or not last week uh, on Wednesday last game. Do you think? I, so, and I say that only because it's it's not like you're, oh, who's going to fill in for, for Terrence Davis? But we were uh, speculating earlier, given how dynamic Oklahoma City can be, Josh Giddy, obviously Shea Gildress-Alexander. Uh, is it KZ Akpala time for, for, for Mike Brown? Yeah, Dave. I mean, KZ could, could be a player that you see tonight. I mean, we're going to have to... S- how do you match up? Like you're gonna have to see how it is early. This is this is an intriguing OKC team. They just play really hard. Yeah, you know, yep. like I think that the culture that they've built is like uh, while I I think that they have done s- some damage, like building a losing culture in order to get better players and to get high draft picks. Um, at the same time, like they have a way of playing hard, and mm-hmm. like you've got to come in with a mindset that you're going for 48 like this is going to be a 48 minute battle and I kind of look at like the way that Memphis has built their organization like you know it's going to be physical they're they're going to make you work and nothing will come easy and if you think you got them you're up 12 with eight minutes left you better play it out you better keep going you better not rest because they'll get you and right now I mean they're playing extremely well yeah I look at I look at this situation here with Sabonis, Sabonis being able to play, man, and I think that's a big plus. Obviously, because he's Demontis Sabonis, but the way we talked about a lot today is the rebounding and what the Kings may be able to do in the paint against. I don't know. Can we call him an undersized Thunder team? I don't know if we can call him undersized, but they're just kind of soft in the middle. That's oh, 
Light in the shorts? Light in the, light in the pants. James, light, light in the, the pants. Light in the shorts. There we go. <laughs> so now they got to deal with DeMontis Sabonis, uh, one of the, the biggest wrecking balls in the, in, the, in the league. And I just think that bodes well for what the Kings want to do. Uh, yeah, and I think what De'Aaron Fox said is that they this is a team that fights really hard to avoid uh, like they they face up guys like Sabonis. They throw different looks at you mm-hmm. to try to limit Sabonis's ability to get to the the key. Their thought process is don't let him get the ball. Like they try to limit his touches. A player like this, so we'll have to see if they can hang with him. I mean, Sabonis has been a guy that. Like if you're not like a, a good 265, 270 pound like ground based physical center, he's not going to have a problem with you. Like he's just going to go right through you. Mm-hmm. That's what he's done all season long. And I mean, I, and I think he's a little extra motivated after missing a game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a guy that that likes to miss games. And um, you know, he might even be coming back. You know, you give a guy like this a couple of days off. And while he's sick, that doesn't mean he's not his body's not resting up, um, and he's going to come back motivated. So yeah, it should be a, an interesting game this evening. Something just dawned on me that puts the potential end of the season double double streak now at fifty nine mm. instead of sixty because oh. uh, the streak did not end. He did not play, so it does not count. Uh, we're going for number twenty one tonight. Uh, two. Someone asked this in the chat on 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 Thursday. And I actually thought it was a fair question. So what now with Rashawn? Mm. Rashawn has that big performance, double double, you know, emotional in the, you know, the or at least that's how I took it. I know he was he Tired. was gassed. <laughs> I think my guy was a little yeah, bit emotional. Emotion I, there too. I think he acknowledged that too. He said, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting emotional right now. Um or I mean some would even say I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry. Hey, 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 nothing wrong with that. That was a, that was a big moment for Rashawn. But like, what now? I thought the the post game with him was so in- intriguing because it was twice. Although one of them was like uh, 20 seconds. I don't know what's going on. Uh, well, I know what's going on. They, there aren't people asking questions. But um, I thought Rashawn, he's so raw and honest about it. Like he understands that he's not Domana Sabonis and that no one else in the league is Domana Sabonis. And it's so difficult to replace that. And I think he fully understands like, look, it, it's not about me being a bad player. It's about the team has just gone a different direction, not only with my position, but with the style of play. And I don't play that style. And like the best thing to happen for everyone would be for him to go play for a team that, you know, has that, that like really plays a pick and roll style and really embraces that. Uh, what that means for him right now, though, I, I don't know. Like I, I talk to Rashawn like all the time. I don't have long conversations with him. I've actually even had a conversation with him and said, "Hey, you know, we don't bug you like in the locker room when you're here, or I don't bug you when you're in the locker room." Is very specific. Like you're not playing, and I don't want to like sit here and and mess with you mm-hmm. about the fact you're not playing. Mm-hmm. Like you'll figure that side out. And then if we come back to the situation where you're playing a bunch and we're interviewing you a bunch, you know, our like discussions will change, but you know, and he's like very respectful. We have a very good like back and forth. Um, and you know, I, I think it's a good moment for him, but at the same time, I don't, I don't think it means anything different. Mm-hmm. Like it's very possible because this is a team that has a bunch of shooting like power forwards and stuff 
that you're going to see a very similar situation that we saw a couple of games ago where Chemezi Metu is playing those minutes. And Metu's played big, you know, over the last week. He's had some moments. I think Rashawn is just in an unfortunate situation, but I think the one good thing for the Kings is that he showed everybody that he can still be Rashawn Holmes in the right setting. Mm -hmm. And so if you're interested in him, you're not questioning whether A, he's healthy, or whether B, like he's lost his fastball. You're now realizing that he's still the same player. It's just that's not who the Kings are anymore, and it's unfortunate for Rashawn. Yeah, I, I do think, not that I wanted this, but I'd love for Rashawn to play. Like I, I like seeing him. I like for him to do well, but that's not the reality of the situation. I think that was a bit of a one-off. Not his performance, but his – his ability to play. Yeah, that was thirty minutes. Yeah, like I don't. I think it goes back, like James said, to maybe Metsu getting that first call off the bench, and, um, and Sabonis playing the majority of the minutes. It's not unprecedented either. Like Terrence went for twenty-two mm-hmm. in the second game he started. Mm-hmm. I think he played four minutes against San Antonio, yeah. and then didn't play on on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah I told so you guys nice. this in the beginning of the season. Casey Akpala could go from the starter to not playing at all for a long stretch. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's the dynamic of how this whole thing works. And, like, again, I feel for Rashawn. And, and like, I've had conversations around the league, and, like, if the Kings can find Rashawn Holmes, they, uh, Alex Lynn, even Terrence Davis a home here at the deadline, they will, especially if they can make their team better. Like, those guys are, like, about as, like, they're, it's not like they're actively shopping them, but they are, like, if you're going to call the Sacramento Kings or if the Sacramento Kings are going to call you part of the package will likely include some of those players. We never did go back to Serge. <laughs> oh, Serge. Yeah. Serge Ibaka. Name to Ibaka. Like, has he played? I haven't looked at his stats. I mean, I gotta be honest. Like when I do my research on a guy who's on the East in an Eastern conference team, like when we get to the point where he's actually going to play or not. Hmm. And, I just don't I don't know. He hasn't been around the team. He's only played sixteen games this season. He's only played like 170 minutes. Um, you know, like I think Serge Ibaka was we all thought he was washed up like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he came like when people said, Oh look, it's Serge Ibaka you're thinking, Okay, he's thirty three years old. That's what I thought five years ago. <laughs> and then you look and you're like, Wait, he's not even twenty eight yet? Like what in the world happened? And then he had a resurgence, and you're like, oh, okay, he's back. He Whatever it was, whether it's physical or whatever, he, he's worked himself back. But at this point, they're just players that, to me, I think fit better. And um, He's a role player and a screen setter, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Role player and a screen setter. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.